Oh, grace to you and peace from our God and Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. Well, dear friends, in this life we often set off almost as Father Abraham, don't we? You remember Father Abraham called from one of the metropolises of the ancient world. Indeed, they've had archaeological excavations that show that where Abraham came from, they actually had a school system. The little guys and gals would come together and they had their own little chalkboards that they could write upon. They've showed that, you know, of the ancient world, this was in a sense... Metropolis. And Father Abraham called from that living, called from a a city that had indoor running water, called to go and do something different, to follow the the Lord's voice, to, to go out from that place out even into the desert. Quite a a different life, living in a a tent on the desert, having to get your your water from the local well, uh, rather than the luxury, perhaps we would say, that he had experienced. And yet Father Abraham went, didn't he? Now, certainly there, there were times when he, he fell into sin. You know, we uh, read the narratives about how he was uh, afraid that other kings would uh, covet his lovely wife, and so often he would introduce her as his sister, and then that would lead to, to complications. But, you know, some of the kings, God directly revealed the truth to them and said, if you touch Sarah... Really, really bad things are going to happen to your kingdom. And then Abraham would kind of collect presents because, you know, the, the kings, they didn't really want God to be angry with them. And so they would often, you know, load Abraham up with a, a bunch of stuff and say, peace to you. Don't come back this way again. Bye bye. Have a nice life. Don't want to get cursed. Plus, you, you kind of lied to me. You know, the the Bible is truthful when it it tells us we all have sinned. We all have fallen short. Through the scriptures, we run into good people, people doing God's will, people that we would want for friends, perhaps, right? People that are worth knowing. People we can grow fond of. People that, yes, deserve our respect. And so sure, they're they're not perfect. We don't have any great narratives about holy angels that came down from heaven and and walked among us and did everything just so every day all the time. 
But we do have wonderful stories about how people were transformed. About how people made the decision to do what God asked of them. People who got up the next morning after they fell into sin and they said, you know, the best I can do is to start walking in the right direction once more. People that were honest. And dear friends, yes, those people are worth knowing. Yes, those people are worth you know, considering that they're even worth having as role models for our own children, aren't they? And such a, a man certainly was Father Abraham. A man whose sin we, we read about from time to time, but a man who every single day wanted to do God's will. A man willing to, to leave behind, you know, running water in a public school system to go live in the desert because God asked him to. A man who did his best every day. And when he stumbled and when he fell, he picked himself back up again, didn't he? And he kept going. Uh, dear friends, when we uh, examine each of our lives as uh, Christians, we have similar stories to tell, don't we? Now, if I, I ask some of you here, you know, if, if your life has been perfect thus far, raise your hand. And you say, no, my, my life has been just kind of like the life that you described. You know, we, we come to, to know the Lord as, as small children. Our, our moms and our dads, they, they bring us to the Sunday school. We, we grew up in the church, but, you know, probably for most of us, they're, they're, yeah, the Bible says we all have sin. And, and in your mind, right, you, you can think back and you can maybe even, you know, if it's just one or two big times, you say, wow. And maybe according to the standards of the world even, you know, maybe it isn't even that huge of a thing. You're goofing off when you're about 10 years old and you bumped the china cabinet and your mom's favorite plate tumbled off the top and it chipped. And you stuck it back up there. And maybe a week later, your, your mom was doing something and, and she said, you know, what happened to my favorite plate? It has a chip in it now. And she began to ask, you know, you kids, who chipped my plate? And you said, was it me? I don't know. See? We all have sin. We all have fallen short. There's times that we didn't do it perfect, but you got back up the next day, didn't you? And you tried to do it better. You began to, to build a life 
for yourself based upon the principles of God's word. Now, uh, dear friends, you, you know from the, the bulletin today that my uncle Wade uh, passed away. And, and for me, I always felt like I, I had a really close relationship with him because when, when my father died and my grandparents came to San Diego and they collected my mom and, and they said, you know, it's probably best if you come home. You know, I, I was in my grandparents' home then when I was born. And, you know, just being born, I, I didn't consider, you know, all the, the family aspects, but my uncle Wade was still a, a, a young teenager in high school at, at the time that I was born. And so, you know, he, he had a, a room upstairs and, you know, we were almost, you know, like he was my older brother during those years. And so for four years, I, I lived with my grandparents until my, my widowed mother remarried. And then with my new dad, we moved to Colorado. But, you know, just kind of thinking back on that time, you know, I, I just have some, some vague memories, but I can remember my uncle Wade buying his first car you know, it was one of those, those old ones, you know, it was big and round. It had a convertible top, but the, the canvas had all rotted away. Now, I don't know what color it was originally, but it kind of faded to a, a purplish, you know, old, old purple paint on it. The interior, you know, was a, a mess and, you know, springs were sticking up through the seat and all of that. I, I can remember, you know, he, he took me along. Right, you know, I was two or three. Buy his first car. Now he, he graduated from high school and uh, being there in, in Minot, North Dakota, the railroad was kind of big at that time in Minot, and so he, he got a job on the railroad. And, you know, he, he was, you know, kind of menial uh, labor, but, um, you know, they began to teach him some skills. And so he, he actually, you know, worked on the wheels and the brake systems of, of the trains. And, and in that, you know, he, he had to do a, a lot of physical work. And so I can remember, you know, he had huge biceps. You know, he'd be standing there all day long, you know, grinding on something or doing something with his arms. And, you know, when he made, you know, the, this motion here, he just had, you know, big old, you know, goose eggs. Was young and, and, and strong and, and healthy. Uh, my Aunt Lenora, she was working there as a, a secretary in the offices of, of the railroad. And, uh, you know, they met when they're relatively uh, young and, and fell in love and, and they got married. And my, my uncle Wade, he, he never smoked or, or drank, but rather, you know, he was you know concerned about his income and, and his savings. And, and so they were able to, to purchase a, a house right away. And, and then, you know, for the first couple years, they, they put all of their extra income into their house payment. And so within four or five years, they had their house paid for. 
Now where other people are running around and going to parties and you know drinking lots of beer, right? He's putting that money into his home. As I moved to Colorado, though, we still got to come back to you know Minot, North Dakota, about twice a year. My dad would have you know two weeks off. Um, during the year, and so often one week in the summer we'd come back, and one week around Christmas time uh, we'd come back. And my, my uncle Wade really loved to bowl, and, and, and in fact, in those years he was kind of considering that he maybe would like to become a, a professional bowler. But in order to do that, he often would go to the, the bowling alley to practice, um, you know, maybe every day. And when I would come back, you know, at, at least, you know, two or three times during that week, he would take me bowling. And so that, you know, that was always a, a, a wonderful time. Um, and it was kind of the, the special thing that, that he and I did. You know, I, I'd come, you know, back to line up for our, you know, weekly vacation and, you know, could always be assured, right? We're, we're going to get to go, we're going to get to go bowling. And, you know, he, he began to, to raise his family. He had a, a boy and a girl, and, you know, I can remember them as, as young people, my cousins. My, my cousin Larry, um, you know, they encouraged him very much academically. And because of his proficiency in Latin, he got a, a good scholarship to a university. Now, you know, you, you maybe don't, don't sit around and think, of that, you know, there, there he is in Minot, North Dakota, studying Latin so he can get a scholarship. But yeah, he, he did. I, I don't know how that works. But right, for, for him, it, it worked out that way. And my, my cousin Lori, you know, she was in, in ice skating and, you know, they'd take her around to different events so, you know, she could compete in, in different ice skating kinds of things. Now, you know, my, my uncle never became, you know, fabulously wealthy, but he certainly managed his money very well. And he never came into an executive position on the railroad. No, he worked most of his life in the, the machine shop, um, you know, working on, on the brakes, working on the wheels of the trains. But yet he lived that same life that you did. You know, maybe he wasn't perfect. I, I, I myself, I, I don't even know any bad stories that I can tell about him. But the Bible says, you know, we've all sinned. But yet, he always made the most of what he was given. No, maybe some people see me and they say, you know, he, he's kind of melancholic or, you know, he, he maybe doesn't smile all, all that much or, you know, the you know, pastor doesn't, you know, really express, you know, all, all that, you know, joy like, like maybe some other people do. But my, my uncle did. 
Right? Whenever you'd see him, he'd have a little smile on his face, you know. But you, you'd meet him in, in public and he had a kind word to share. Right? He had kind of a, a sense of enthusiasm as he conducted himself. He was worth knowing. And dear friends, where does that worth come from? It comes from Christ, doesn't it? And because our, our moms and dads felt it to be important enough that they would bring us for baptism when we were born. And because for our mothers and fathers, it was important enough that they would bring us to the Lord's Sunday School so we could learn about a good role model. No, it wasn't that we learned about, you know, fake people that were always perfect, but we did learn that when you sinned, you could repent. And that when, when you, you fell down, you could get back up again. And that we serve a God who loves us so much, he's going to give us another chance if we will but ask for it. And we have a God that loves us so much that he's going to even carry us through difficult days. He's going to be there beside us. He's going to hold us in his loving arms. He's going to take care of us. And then certainly we, we grew in, in years and, you know, for a, a lot of people leaving home for the first time, going off to the university, right? And these, these can be times of trouble, times when people begin to drift from the Lord's care, times when, when people forget a, about attending church, times when, you know, that there's difficulty and struggle. And yet, dear friends, we can learn from those as well, can't we? If you've been through such a time, you came back. You're here in church once again today. And why is that? It's because God never stopped looking. It's because God followed after you. It's because God created events and circumstances around you to draw you back to his love once more. Because God cares that much. You see, dear friends, that is the foundation that we have. And if there's anything good that is to be found in this life, it comes because of God, doesn't it? Because God loved first. Because God cared always. Because God profoundly wants you to live with him in heaven forever. 
And when God touches people in that way, then we come to see the wonderful stories, don't we? Someone that cared. Someone that took the time. Someone that followed God's will. Even if that will was simply to say, hey, go work on the railroad. Take for yourself a wife. Raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Raise them in the church. Pass on the faith. Bring it to the next generation. You and I, uh, perhaps, uh, at times in our lives, at, at least, have maybe looked and, and said, you know, I, I feel like Abraham in that first part. You know, maybe you came from a, a, a big city and had to move out to the country with your, your new husband to begin farming. And you said, you know, I, I feel like that. I, I can remember my, my own mother, you know, talking about when she was growing up on the farm before they had electricity, you know. And, and before they, they came out and installed the, the big, you know, the tank of gas to power your heater and your stove. You know, filling up the, the hot water bottle with hot water at night so your feet could stay warm until you fell asleep at, at least. And then maybe you, you woke up and your feet were cold again. Right? You've been there. To leave comfort and to leave security simply because the Lord asked it of you. To set out on, on some new, well, we, we maybe like to call it an adventure at the beginning, but you know what, what are adventures made of? Usually a, a lot of hard work, a, a lot of discomfort, a, a, a couple times when you fear for your life, you know? And you might say they're, they're best looked back upon. Because maybe you, you don't want to do that ever again. But we're called to do God's will, aren't we? And maybe you have a, a loved one, maybe someone you know has, has slipped a bit. You know, maybe they've you know, really fallen. It's up to you and I to be able to come alongside and to say, God loves you. He forgives you. You can get back up again. You can take the first step to a better tomorrow. Start doing it right once more. You can. You can do it. The problem with society today is so often, you know, people fall down and they say, oh, that's okay. I prefer to just lay here in the dirt. You kind of scratch your head and you look at them and you say, what? Yeah, you know, the, the dirt is perfectly comfortable and I'm fine and I don't have to strive and I don't have to work that hard and I don't really have to try 
anything, and I can just kind of be down, laying here in the dirt, and just kind of leave me alone. It's not the best, though, is it? Right, the best that we can do is to help that person get back up, to begin to, to strengthen their, their you know, legs and, and their knees and their ankles once again. Help them to be able to stand upon their own two feet once more. Help them to be able to take that first step toward righteousness one more time. Because that is where the health is, right? And that is where the strength lies, and that is where a well-lived life comes from. We have that to offer. Let's go out once more and lift others up. Point them in the right direction and show to them the power of Jesus Christ. Amen. And may the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be in your hearts and minds now and always. Amen. <laughs>